0: i am going am hit this city before I leave. Brush my teeth with a bottle of jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking pedicure on our toes, toes, trying on all our clothes.
1: Jesse it's podcast number
0: three yes it is Mark so let's talk about the Olympics the Olympics sorry I didn't watch any of them Wow you know
1: I need a better class of friends.
0: <laughs> no one is
1: watching Olympics I have no one to talk about the Olympics with It's
0: crazy Well, I'm sorry, but I I didn't really have that much time to watch the Olympics You know, I've got like
1: 1,100 friends on Facebook And the only comments I saw were people making fun of it And I'm just like, you get out there and try and do that stuff
0: Well, you know, I don't really watch the uh, Winter Olympics, to tell you the truth I much prefer the Summer Olympics And I, I do tend to watch that You
1: well, what's the difference to you?
0: I don't know. I guess I like watching, you know, races and and other things more than I like watching skiing.
1: Well, there was a lot of racing going on at the Olympics, I guarantee well, you. Yeah. stopwatches everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny.
0: Yes, I know they're racing.
1: <laughs> Listen, I love them both. I love them both. I watch the summer, I watch the winter. It doesn't make a difference to me whatsoever, because the fact is, is that you've got Olympians work on their magic. They've been practicing for years, and they're competing on the highest level you can possibly compete every couple... You know, the winter is done every four years. The summer is done every four years, but they stagger them. So every couple of years, I'm totally into sports for two weeks.
0: Uh, These are the only sports you watch?
1: That is it. I don't care about anything else. It doesn't matter. I won't do it. Really? So I go Do you even watch the
0: Super Bowl? I watch the Super Bowl. Don't care. Really?
1: Yeah, it's just a bunch of guys slamming into each other with, you know, it. you know, actually, we were talking about this at the end of um, I think it was the end of our last meeting. I said, if you want to get my interest, make one team football players and one team baseball players and have those guys with bats going at the other guys with padding. Now, that's a sport I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't watch anything. And the Olympics were so fun to watch. There was a, I mean, there. obviously a lot of these sports have existed a long time and I'm just not keeping up. Like, I didn't know what biathlon was. Do you know what that is?
0: I'm assuming that it's a two leg thing, like a triathlon where you might like swim and run or bike and run or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. What you do, <laughs> we're back to that thing you didn't like, skiing, but the other thing they're doing is shooting guns.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do that too. I saw that.
1: Oh, that's so cool! Because you could be in the lead, but if you miss a target, because you have to hit five targets in a row, yeah, you have to do an extra lap. While the rest of your you know competitors, if they did perfectly, will go ahead and ski ahead, and now all of a sudden you're no longer in the lead because you didn't get a good shot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Now think about this: you did your big lap, whatever it is, one, two, three k or more, and you take five shots, and then you have to go do a bunch of you know, more skiing. And then you got to come back and take five shots. Now think about how hard it would be to keep your heart steady and your hand real still to hit these tiny targets the size of a quarter. You know, it's it's unbelievable that they're able to do this.
0: That's why they're and, Olympians. Oh, <laughs> that's why I like watching
1: it. It's so fun. And, of course, I'm watching Lindsey Vonn. I don't care if she's married. I love her. <laughs> Who? Lindsey Vonn. She's our, the America's uh, champion skier oh. one on on the team and Is she, she th- did really well and got a gold and i think a silver if i remember right
0: nice well i'm glad that you enjoyed the uh the olympics
1: yeah and now my schedule's wide open for two more years
0: wow that's sad i, can,
1: I know i'm <laughs> telling you there's nothing eating up my time i can focus oh, on the whatever. podcast
0: no you know that tv <laughs> takes up your time tv lies takes up people
1: time. lies she's telling lies <laughs>
0: Mark, I've never met somebody that watches TV so much in my entire life than you do.
1: Oh, I get it. You're just trying to make a bit for the show. Okay. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right. So the Olympics talk, that was fun and quick. Let's talk about something a little more pressing and more exciting to the hobby. What? Um, About two weeks ago, Fort Worth got drowned in snow in one day flat, and it knocked out the power. And so what ended up happening was I didn't have power for six hours. And then after nine more hours of having power, it went out for 30 more. So I had to use a generator to keep my tank alive the whole time. And while I froze to death, my tank was nice and toasty warm.
0: And <laughs> Did all you I'm... Did you get it and swim around in it?
1: <laughs> you know, I was thinking if those stupid corals were in the way, I might have taken a dip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my house was 60 and my tank was 80. So
0: Yeah, that's chilly.
1: But... Uh, We're not going to go into the whole thing because we have an article all about on Reef Addicts, and so if you haven't had a chance to read it yet, well, that's what this podcast is for, to let you know about the things happening on Reef Addicts. So we'll have that in the show notes, of course. And Jesse's got new stuff for the site, and at the same time, I've got an article I'm working on right now as we speak because I just toured the Georgia Aquarium yesterday. That'll be coming out here in the next couple of weeks. I do want to confirm with the... uh, the assistant curator that gave my tour to make sure I have my facts correct before it goes live. I shot some brief video and I also uh, took a lot of pictures, and I'm hoping that you guys enjoy that preview of what you get to see when you go there in person. So no reaction to the Georgia Aquarium? You don't care, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse? Have you ever been to the Georgia Aquarium before?
0: Yeah, actually, I went um, during MACNA when they had it in Atlanta. I really, really liked it. I um... My favorite part was when we got to go to the banquet up in the uh the banquet hall and it was basically flanked by the tanks for the uh the huge manatees and the whale sharks and the beluga whales were in the other corner. I think I actually have video of it from that room, but I uh I just never processed the video because I got really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my video setting was on like postage stamp sized videos so you really can't oh. see anything in the beluga whales except for like two white dots swimming around and touching each other Ooh, my <laughs> yeah
1: so you have some reef porn is what you're trying to tell us
0: yeah i tend to uh catch a lot of that whenever i go somewhere i don't know why i have like um i think i have seals getting busy on the beach in uh san francisco somewhere <laughs> i got a lot of it
1: (laughs) i can't wait to see that
0: No, (laughs) i I do
1: remember yeah you i was at that macna with you and i remember you walked in there with your fancy schmancy camera and both your batteries were dead
0: yes i know i just i'll never live it down i had um what did i have i think i had my uh did i have my nikon d90 at the time I think so. Yeah, I think it was my Nikon. So I had a Nikon D90, and I had a monopod with a nice lens, you know, and I walk in there, and my battery's dead. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I reach into my backpack that I carry with all my extra lenses, and I put in my second battery, and it's dead. <laughs> so Not
1: <I'm>... one picture.
0: <laughs> I And I uh, I had a pocket camera that I always carry around. Yes, I'm a photographer, so I have you know, multiple cameras on me at all times, but anyway, um, (laughs) I pull out my pocket camera, and I end up shooting the Georgia Aquarium with a little tiny pocket uh, Sony cyber shot, and I was just so disappointed, I was very disappointed, so I really need to get there still and take the rest of the pictures, but...
1: Nah, I did it. It's all taken care of.
0: Oh, well, thank you. No, no such thing as, you know, I'm not worried about actually having the experience myself or actually taking good pictures because, let's face it, Mark, you need a photo lesson. How kidding.
1: dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much right now.
0: <laughs> it's all right. You'll get
1: over No, I got a bunch of good pictures. I have a few bad ones, too, of course. But yeah. um, I think overall I got some pretty good shots considering the lighting at the aquariums is so difficult to work under.
0: yeah. Yeah, I know. I hate I hate taking pictures of aquariums. I just recently went up to um, Long Beach Aquarium and tried to. I had to take pictures of uh, jellyfish, and mm-hmm. it's just the the hardest thing ever to get enough light in there to take actual really good pictures of jellyfish.
1: Fortunately, you have such a good camera, you can go to a really high ISO. When I do it, it's just grainy city.
0: Yeah, I I have to shoot uh well I shot those jellyfish at like twenty five hundred ISO and yeah. Pretty much wide open on the aperture. I'm looking forward to seeing your pictures and whatnot from the Georgia Aquarium. Yeah. I'm I need to be working on um I shot some video when I went up to Long Beach Aquarium and I have a lot of it. I'm trying to figure out how to put it into a logical order for uh for the website, basically so all you people that can't get to Long Beach Aquarium can get an idea of what things look like there and as mark says get a little bit of reef porn we
1: well, see for me it's more important that we keep having different public aquariums or even you know private aquariums across the nation going up on the site because i think that people that want to travel want to know what they have to look forward to that's why we're making these articles
0: yeah i agree
1: so i think it's kind of cool that i was able to get the georgia aquarium that's like a big score yeah I learned some very interesting factoids i already started on the article while i was flying home while it was fresh in my mind I saw you talking about chalices on Facebook. What's up with that?
0: One cool thing that I'm starting to notice in the hobby is on Facebook, I'm getting a lot of requests from hobbyists all over the United States that just want to befriend me. So I accept them because Facebook is not really a personal thing for me. It's more of just a, a networking tool. One of my friends actually created a Facebook page called Uber Coral Finds. And she's got a knack. Her name is Jessica Gadling. She's got a knack for finding rare, interesting, colorful, crazy corals online. And I used to enjoy her friendship because every day I would get online and on a instant messenger she would basically IM me pictures of things and say, I want, I want, I want. <laughs> and sometimes I'd buy them, sometimes I wouldn't, sometimes I would just drool. Anyway, um, she started up, like I said, the Facebook fan page that is uh, called Uber Coral Finds. And what she does is she just goes online and does her regular online shopping and posts all the pretties that she finds as entries. So in the morning when I wake up, instead of talking to her on instant messenger now, in my Facebook newsfeed I've got all these pretty pictures and a link directly to who's selling it and where. So it's really, really tempting. If I actually had a tank, I'd probably be dropping a lot of money on it. Because there is this uh, prism chalice from Juicy Corals that is just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It looks like it looks like an A-can. It's supposed to be a chalice. It's got blue and purple and green. I just don't really understand exactly how it's supposed to look. Because to me it looks like a, defeated, a deflated A-can colony. But I just... It's it's amazing. Anyway,
1: yeah, I saw that too. I saw it. And I saw that you're responding to it because it showed up in my news feed. That's the beauty of Facebook. You know what your friends are up to.
0: <laughs> did you Did you become a fan?
1: And I just looked at the picture and I saw your wow. And so I had to, you know, of course I was on my iPhone, so I made the picture bigger. And I thought, yeah, all right, it's a rainbow. Okay, <laughs> bye. And I just went and moved on. I didn't care. But you know what? I think it's kind of cool to see what your friends are into, and it was kind of fun to see what you what was impressing you. Yeah. I don't get caught up in these Uber anything, so because I know I can't afford it. <laughs> so I don't care.
0: Well, some of them aren't. I mean, it's not like well, she calls them Uber girls, but that's just some of them are just really cool, like gani looking mushrooms and and mm. uh different things like that. Not everything is super expensive. It's just whatever catches her eye, which is just you know a personal thing but uh, yeah as of right now I'm looking at it there's only 22 fans so if you guys want to see somebody's like little shopping list of rarities in the hobby go to uber coral finds on uh, Facebook and add them as fans or at become a fan I should say yeah
1: that'll work okay guys so this next part that's coming up on the podcast I got to hang out with Lindsay and I recorded it with my famous super duper recorder from zoom in stereo mode but for some reason, I sound like I'm on the right and she sounds like she's on the left, and it's very odd. So I hope you guys can endure that during the rest of this podcast. I don't have any way of making it any better. We were both sitting in front of the microphone. That was maybe I don't know, forty inches away. I don't know how it did this. I think in the future I'll record it differently, but I just feel I should give you fair warning so that way you don't think your your ears are going crazy on you. So it's time to get together with Lindsay for the Reef Addicts podcast. How's it going? As you were saying earlier before we started recording, it's not a podcast without Lindsay. Right. So, oh, I have to make the NC17 rating on us because you're going to be cussing <laughs> the whole time or i you going to be bleeping you out yeah, the whole time? Yeah, pretty much.
2: There's going to be a lot of bleeping. I'll, try and, mouth. Co- I'll try and control myself. <laughs> well, listen, I wanted to
1: hear specifically your thoughts about Next Wave, our conference that we just had this weekend.
2: Okay. All right. Like, Tell me your
1: favorite talk you listened to.
2: <laughs> like I listened to a talk. Like I wasn't <laughs> working the whole time, running around in my jeans and my heels.
1: You totally pulled a milo you skipped all the speakers.
2: I didn't. You know, I actually went in and I listened to Kevin Cohen for a little bit. Um, and by a little bit, I mean like three minutes.
1: That's what I did.
2: because From Live how, Aquaria. Because that's how long it took my eyes to refocus in the dark.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was dark. Yeah. They turned off all the lights. Yeah. It was pitch dark. I thought if I walked forward, I would have knocked over all the tables like dominoes. Yeah. You do go crashing forward.
2: Yeah, try setting up the whole raffle table in the middle of the dark while Jim Walters is trying to talk. That was fun.
1: Yeah, I saw you up in the front, and every time somebody would open the door to walk in, I knew you're like, okay, now I can move it over three inches.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like I have light for exactly three and a half seconds. Yeah, move, move, move. I actually listened to Jim Walters talk for probably about fifteen minutes. And that was about as long as my poor OCD self would let me sit in there before I had to get out there and start working again. Right. And uh, it was just long enough for me to completely fall in love with this really awesome deep water. I think it was like a deep water hogfish or something like that. It was red and white striped. I don't know. I fell in love with it though. It was like $200. I'm like, oh no. Jim Walters is a speaker.
1: He was from Old Town Aquarium and he's based out of Chicago. And apparently he's a. huge fish nut
2: he's so awesome
1: he just loves fish and um he's very mm. animated and it was fun because when you think about it we had two speakers in a row or not in a row but i mean two speakers on the same day talking about fish yep because kevin was talking about live aquaria fish you know i have very little to say about the talks because i missed them all myself right you know I, my job as membership and just running around making sure things were happening kind of negated the opportunity to hear any speakers give any kind of presentation but i walked into the last three minutes of kevin's talk and then at dinner that night, I said, Kevin, your last three minutes were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and he just raised his eyebrows like, yeah, that's all I heard. <laughs> I'm sure everything before it sucked, but that was greatness. <laughs> and that big, giant thank you at the end, perfect font. I mean, awesome. It was awesome, yeah. No, he, the speakers that came out, we had Ron Schmeck come out and talk about little tiny invertebrates under microscopes. And we also, who was the fourth speaker?
2: Um, oh, we had Joe... Joe came out.
1: Joe uh, Julio. Yulio. From okay. the 20,000-gallon aquarium. I didn't aquarium. say his last name
2: because I don't know how to pronounce his last name, honestly.
1: Right. No, he came to speak. He's from the Long Island Aquarium. It's a 20,000-gallon reef tank he takes care of. And I'd heard his presentation at MACNA. And I walked up to him after he was done. And I said, hey, Joe, how would you like to give that presentation to DFW Mass.? And he says, okay, let me check my schedule and I'll get back with you. So at the same time he's telling me that, I'm texting our president from the club and say, hey, I got Joe, are you interested? And he's like, get him.
2: Absolutely. So I
1: said, Joe, okay, you're penciled in. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like okay and he was telling everyone how i forced him into
2: did, did he say this did he say let me check my schedule and then he turned his back to you for a few minutes and then he turned back around and was like i'm free for that weekend
1: no it was more like he turned his back and i tapped him and said <laughs> okay you're in and he's like oh my god okay i guess i'm in and he I was like I'll Mark, do just
2: he forced me into it and i was like
1: man i seized the opportunity if we need a speaker i'll grab him but i did have to get permission i think at
2: first. some point we should um take a speaker by force <laughs> The
1: bag fun. over the head, yeah. tie their hands behind their back. Absolutely.
2: Throw them mm. in the trunk. Drive like them that. like four hundred and fifty miles from where In a circle. Yeah.
1: So they think they're in another state. Totally. But they're really in their mm-hmm. home their hometown.
2: Yep. That's or we could funny. just kidnap them from the hotel to bring them to Next Wave after they've already agreed to come.
1: <laughs> That's next year.
2: That and we was definitely so have awesome. to,
1: we definitely have to have Next Wave on April first though. If we if
2: we had, <laughs> if we had somebody who'd be a gamer for that, that would be so cool. You realize we can make that a Reef Addicts thing for sure.
1: That would work. That would probably be the only way we could pull that off. Because I think we did for a club event, we'd go to prison. But for Reef Addicts, anything goes. So well, you know, kidnapping if, a speaker for an audio podcast. If we
2: find someone who's a gamer and we have them kind of sign like a disclaimer, sort of. Like, this may or may not happen to you. You may or may not be kidnapped and/or <laughs> and or oh ball gagged. And taken to the meeting.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's get back on topic. We had about 170 people attend including your vendors. Oh, we made out good. And um, it was all day. We were in the Addison Conference Center. I, I think one of the reasons we discussed some of these events is for those of you listening that are in a club and want to do something similar to kind of give you some guidelines of how you can put together such an event for the day.
2: I know that last night, uh, our president, Matt Little, had a conversation with the MAST uh, event coordinator or president possibly about um, doing something similar on their end for MAST, putting on some sort of, of event similar to what we do Uh, with next wave. And so Mm -hmm. they talked about that, I I suppose at nauseam last night. (laughs) And so uh, hopefully, you know, our club can kind of help out since we are so successful with those next wave events. You know, if there's anything we can do, like I suggested last year that we put together some sort of almost like a manual, Mm -hmm. like, set of guidelines step by step if you take care of this this is what you need to do hand everybody their notebooks like yeah you know like secret agent here's your you take care of this you take care of this you take care of this here's your book go through the book if everything's checked off you're done your job is done yeah, it's funny you,
1: you mentioned that because i remember calling up drew like the day before two days before the event i said what's your assignment and he goes what assignment sitting
2: on my fat that's my assignment.
1: <laughs> and we were talking about Drew Licious from the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't really have one. I was like, okay. Well, I mean, usually we all have something assigned to us. Like, Lindsay, you take care of gift bags. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, we made Drew Licious bring the gift bag to the restaurant because it was convenient. He right. was thinking about he coming to dinner. Here. And yeah. I was already with the speakers, and I was going to have to go back and get them from you. I was like, wait, Drew, bring them here. So he joined us at dinner. But what was in the gift bags? I saw these beautiful, luxurious towels sticking out.
2: So every year for Next Wave, I do different gift bags. Uh, Last year, what I did was I did a fish guy survival kit. Mm -hmm. And so I put together like kind of a raggedy looking um, list of everything that was in there. Kind of like what you would see in a survival kit if you were camping and someone just dropped you right in the middle of a forest or something. You had to like survive for a weekend or whatever. So a 12-inch knife. Yeah. But in this case, it was, it was all fish-related stuff. So this year, I decided to do something a little bit more um, relaxing, low-key, kind of be a little bit more accommodating to the fact that, you know, they're not at home. They don't have the luxuries of home. So make them a little bit more comfortable in the hotel that they had to stay in and whatnot. So this year, the gift bags. And I, we're usually on a, on a relatively limited budget. Mm-hmm. Um, we try not to go crazy. Uh, this isn't the Grammys. So
1: Then they'd have to file it on their taxes. the Oscars
2: or whatever, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> These aren't $17,000 gift bags. Yeah. So um, I put... Uh, Gold-plated in, skimmer. Yeah. I put in each of their bags, and I really wanted to get the the club logo on the towels, like you're talking about. Oh, that would have been cool. That's what I really wanted to do, but nobody could get it done in time, mm-hmm. um, and I couldn't... They would have needed the file right then. I didn't mm-hmm. have the file right then. It would have taken too long. And then it would have been iffy. They wouldn't have gotten them on Friday. They would have gotten them on Saturday. You should
1: have just put the Next Wave logo. Since it was a Next Wave event.
2: Yeah, well, either way. No but matter either. what logo. Yeah, yeah either. Yeah. No matter what logo I put on it, you know. Then we just need
1: to stick that on our site where it's downloadable from anywhere. So you are yeah, with your iPhones. Like, that'd sh- be
2: great. Because then <laughs> I, when I was up at the embroidery place, which is literally right around the corner, I could have had them you know, yeah. take care of that. And so I, I, like that I got one. some that really, smart. really, really nice, like, Egyptian cotton, uh, really luxurious towels. Yeah, I was jealous. Yeah. What else? And uh, I also put in there a neat little Eagle Creek travel bag, and I got it at um, the container store. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, waterproof, mesh on the outside. You can see through it. You can use it for traveling to keep mm-hmm. all your little accoutrements in, like your soap and your shampoo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it has a little zip top on it. And so I filled that with... Um, a big bag of Starbucks coffee. Nice. Uh, and sugar in the raw, creamer, and a few snacks.
1: Some nice. different that's cookies perfect. and
2: things like that. Because
1: you're in your hotel room and you have a little something.
2: Exactly. And then I put a couple bottles of juice. And, I thought you were um, going to say gin. Yeah. I put a couple <laughs> of bottles of whiskey.
1: <laughs> Kevin Cohen would have loved if you put Crown Royal in his bag. Boy, you know, that boy can go through some Crown like I do.
2: Yeah, I imagine.
1: He was loving it. He's like, that's all I drink. And I was like... Pff we are brothers. <laughs> Love Crown. And you know what? We're from he the loves, same litter. He, he, he loves the Crown um, Reserve that I drink. Yeah. Because he agrees with me 100%. You don't add ice. You don't add water. You don't add Coke. You shake it, take it right out of the bottle. Just like in the movies. Room temperature. You just go behind your desk, get your bottle, pour the glass. And that's how you drink it. It's nice. awesome. So he was like, yeah, I'll drink this Crown of Coke stuff because they don't have what I like. But it was close enough. (laughs) Fine, fine. But no, that's... And so that was a great gift bag. I think that speakers appreciate that. So if you're playing an event, if you can think of some little reward. Another thing we discussed after the event was over is that in the future for our vendors, we're going to bring in like little box lunches for them because they have to work their booth during lunch. That's when they're going to make
2: money. Absolutely. You know,
1: they really aren't going to be doing a lot of selling during presentations necessarily. And... They can't really run away. To I realized get a meal. that
2: after this year. What we did this year basically is, in the morning, we accommodated all of the vendors, all of the volunteers, and the speakers with, you know, breakfast items, small things like coffee, water, um, little pastries, and things like that. So we had that available for everybody. Uh, but when it came uh, close to lunchtime, uh, what we did is we just ordered lunch for the speakers lunch for the volunteers and and it was
1: just sandwiches sort of like something that a subway would do exactly
2: it's just like a party platter of sandwiches some chips some tea things like that yeah and we didn't do anything for the vendors so they would have liked that they would have really appreciated that in the future i'd like to uh, kind of plan ahead a little bit and do something like that i felt really bad well, that's one of the
1: things you learn from these events, yeah. and that way, if we can, like, jot it down, like in your manual you're talking about, yep. so next year it doesn't get omitted. Mm-hmm. But I think we're getting this really down to a science. Yeah. Every year we do a little bit better. The the venue was great.
2: It was a great venue. We
1: had a very nice building all to ourselves, mm-hmm. and when you first walked in, you got to see all the wonderful items from Me Loves Reef mm-hmm. <laughs> that were for sale and for the raffle prizes. And the <laughs> raffle, that was... Just the fact that we had so many nice raffle prizes from so many vendors, and some things were donated, and some things we we as a club purchased. Yes. Because one of the things I'm acutely aware of being a sponsor myself is that you get hit up by every club in the nation for free stuff all the time.
2: Absolutely. And it's
1: such a beating. I mean, you know, they think, oh, we just want one little thing. It's like, yeah, you and 365 other clubs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you just can't do it. And so when I contact a vendor and say, hey, would you like to donate to our event? The one thing I try to make a point of is when I've contacted them, I don't contact them the next year. I do them every other year. And I try to, like, stagger who I'm requesting things from. That way, it's not like, here he comes again. Right. And then I'll also say, you know, if you can't do it, if we could buy it at cost, you know, the club will pay for it. Right. You don't lose any money. You know, we'll pay exactly what cost, if if you're willing. And some vendors will do that. So, I mean, there are certain things you can do. Uh, some clubs are non-profit, and it's a literal donation, and some companies better with that for some reason instead of calling it an advertising cost they call it donation i don't know why that makes a difference but those co- clubs usually get stuff easier than ours does because ours is not a non-profit
2: maybe because advertising cost is is a little bit more red flag auditable than i really don't
1: are. know I, I have no idea i donated that that boosted rodi and which
2: was badass by the way
1: i loved love that dude people, people walked up to me and said that thing's a beast did i, I tell said you, that's why
2: it's in the raffle did, did i tell you it had more tickets in it than the tank did yeah and more raffle tickets in that bucket than the tank everyone was excited to win that
1: thing i had so many people come up to me and say
2: i want to win it
1: (laughs) and i was so happy and i told everyone (laughs) i don't mind talking about this on the podcast but what bugs me most is when someone wins something in a raffle and then it shows up on the message board the next day for sale Mm -hmm. and so i told our advertising chair i will donate this to our raffle but if it goes for sale i will never donate to this club ever again and he was like wow i was like i'm serious this is ridiculous
2: this is a serious. world. War I mean, why don't I
1: just put cash in a bowl and say, You in it? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you won't sell that tomorrow. <laughs> I'd like and to sell my The cash guy won it. He was cash. so excited to get it, you know, well, and I was good. very happy because, you know, that was the whole point. It's supposed to be something know, you can use.
2: If I remember correctly, he actually said he didn't have an RO unit. So it would have been his oh, nice. first RO unit.
1: And then two people won filters uh-huh. that I donated, a full set of RODI yep. filters. And they said, Well, I don't have a unit. I said, You know, I do sell them. <laughs> There's one for sale right there, you know, and they're like, "Yeah, I want to win this one because
2: it's a beast."
1: So that was pretty cool.
2: I don't know if any of you have seen this particular RO unit. Do you have a picture of it on Addicts? I didn't look through and see. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, this hoss of an <laughs> RO unit thing is so badass. It's like it's like your RO unit on steroids. Steroids for yeah. real, with that um, like booster pump thing on it and whatnot. Yeah. I think it kicks out some water, like you could take a shower with it. It's crazy. <laughs> It's pretty well,
1: awesome. What I like about it is that it's 150 gallons a day instead of 100. Yep. And it has the um, booster pump and the power supply and everything built onto the bracket, so it's all self-contained. And the waste ratio is 3 to 1, where most RO units are 4 to 1. So you're actually saving some water in the um. Uh, now, what do you think packet? that is? Uh, because of the pressure across the membrane.
2: So you think it's not cleaning the water? As oh, as- no.
1: It's, it's, it's made the membrane super efficient. Okay. And this specific RO unit is great for people in a well or for people that are doing tank servicing out of their homes. You know, they know, not make water every night because yeah. you can just crank it out. I, I have one in my house, of course. I was beta testing it. You know, The company that builds my stuff said, we'd like to create this new one. We've been talking about it for about a year or two years. This is fine. Just send me one, and if I love it, I'll sell it. And if I hate it, it will never happen. And they sent it out, and my whole plan in my brain was, I'm going to sell it as soon as I've used it for a couple of weeks. Once I turned that thing on, I was like, I will never sell this. And I sold my old unit instead because I loved it. And I measured the water usage, and it turned out that even though it's a 150 gallon a day membrane, mathematically, I was making 215 gallons a day with that booster pump. So I'm. That's making, insane. I know it's really fast. I can make five gallons in like 40 minutes.
2: That's awesome. I know.
1: Now they said during Joe's talk that their uh, their RO for that 20,000 gallon tank makes something like I think of something crazy like a thousand gallons an hour. Holy shit. Don't forget and walk away when you're topping off. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? You're just like, oh, let me fill up this container real quick. Like, oh, I blinked. You know? <laughs> Not
2: crap. I just flooded my entire house from floor to ceiling.
1: Yeah, craziness.
2: So the uh, the actual
1: uh, area where the presenters gave their talk had a huge screen. They, it had a whole bunch of tables, like schoolroom-type seating, where everyone could sit behind a table and put their camera. They could hold their camera and steady their arms to, like, get a shot of the screen. They could take notes. They, no one had to sit backwards in their chair like you do with banquet tables, which I liked. Um, and yeah, the room was pretty dark, which uh, I guess some of the speakers requested, others didn't, because there was a few times I went in there and like half the lights were on, so you could still see the screen. And I do think making it possible for your um, audience to enjoy the presentation would be great. I remember when I went to the Brass Conference in Boston, they were in a hotel, or a convention center and the brass hotel. conference? Yeah, it all stands for something. Don't ask me now because I don't know it. And it's,
2: I'd really like to know. I'm really interested in what the
1: Boston is. Reefers Association something something. SS. So <laughs> the Boston the,
2: Reefer ass?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm sorry. We'll put in the show notes. Actually, I can't because they're, you know how their website's like slash brass? The next day. That gone. page was gone. I was like, why did you remove the page? I'm trying to link to it and get information off Why'd of Why did you remove
2: that page? Because now I'm going to call it Boston Way for
1: Ass. <laughs> nobody gonna,
2: can stop me. They're never
1: going to have me out again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But
1: their hotel had notepads and pens where you first walk in, next to where you get your water. So you could just, it was always free. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I thought that was cool. And I was looking at all our tables going, man, I wish we had paper and pens for everyone, just for those that want to take notes. Because usually the people that attend these conferences... Are the newer hobbyists that are there to learn, and you know if you just read some of the comments on our message board after the event, you can you'll see how they say, "Well, a lot of this was over my head," but it's not designed to be over your head. It's just you're new to it, and to be honest, you'll hear it, and then three months from now, some things will click. And you're like, "Oh, I remember when he said that." Now that makes more sense to me.
2: I agree, and you know the first um, the first next wave that I went to was the next wave where we had uh, the seahorse guy. I don't remember his name though. Uh, we had Bob Fenner.
1: Bob Fenner was fun.
2: and uh, He's always fun. Yeah, a couple of other people. I was late that day. I can't remember. I don't know, probably because of cakes or whatnot. But um, it was my first next wave ever. And when I got there and um, Bob Fenner went up to talk, I was like, holy s***, where have I been? <laughs> this is so awesome. I was just completely enthralled, completely fascinated. I didn't have to understand everything he was talking about. But just the fact that... Um, I had found this resource or that this there was this resource available mm-hmm. where you know i don 't necessarily need you to talk on my level all the time for me to be interested right uh, because i 'll pick up things here and there, and uh you know it'll continue to be a topic of conversation on the forums and whatnot, but just the fact that uh there was so much out there that I had no idea I had access to, yeah, and that this kind of was a gateway it gave me access to information um from people like Bob Fenner like. Uh, Jim Walters, like Kevin Cohen, mm-hmm. um, kind of a little portal to to the inside inner workings of, a, of the hobby and and how everything. Um, yeah, I mean that's the really thing. works works through from from beginning to end. I just I was completely I was captivated.
1: Some of the things that I caught after the fact, as I missed the presentations, I would be at dinner with these speakers. And for example, I like a certain type of antheist that I like to call the Dr. Seuss antheist. It's the one with the big spots on its body. It's a borobonus. And those are like 99 bucks or higher. And Jim Walter says, just so you know, two divers died to get you those fish. I was like, what? And he said, these fish normally swim at 500 meters, I think, or feet. It was down. And he said, these were around, I think he said they were found around 250, 300 feet or meters. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't remember which one number it was. it was. It was less than usual. And so these guys went down, but they are not trained for that kind of free diving. And they were trying to get all these fish because they knew it'd bring money to their, to their pockets to eat that month, and they died. They, you know, they just lost their lives to get these fish that we want so badly. And he's like, so just so you know, <laughs> you're like, I'm craving this fish, so that's all the fish store. Well, you you don't realize where they come from. And I just talked with Kevin earlier and said, you know, I never have cared about where the fish come from. For me, they come from Frank's tanks. <laughs> it's over here. Right. It's a block from my house. It's in his aquarium. And if he tells me it's from Indonesia, I don't know that that's true. I don't even know if his wholesaler is telling the truth when the wholesaler says it's from Indonesia. Yep. Because we don't know what flight it came on for sure. And a wholesaler could have 100 or 200. Who's to hold him
2: accountable for, right. for the information that he's giving? They might have basically. a 1,000 of that
1: fish from three different locations. And usually it's from Indonesia. So they say these are from Indonesia. And as a hobbyist, I don't know and usually don't care. But since I started doing these Fish of the Week articles for reef addicts, I've been doing a lot of homework of each little fish, and for time, I only had to do two so far. <laughs> but I'm just like, wow, I mean, I did not realize the Gudgeon Gobi was from like 10 different areas of the planet. You know, usually it's like, they're all from Fiji. But these guys were in Australia, and they were over in Fiji, and they... Um, don't let me say wrong, because I can't remember my notes, but there was a whole bunch of points when I had Jessica making the map. She said I had to keep zooming out the map to get all the triangles into the, I've never zoomed out this much on the (laughs) world globe. There's like so much planet in front of me. And I was like, yeah, just keep putting triangles. I don't care. That's awesome. But knowing where they come from specifically, I think is more interesting actually. And it's not something I ever cared about until now.
2: So how do you translate that? How do you translate that from being a hobbyist who doesn't care where they come from? You know, where's your tie? Like, what's the tie in? Where do you go from caring to, you know, not caring to caring? What what brings you to the point where you actually care where they come from? What what's in, interesting in my case for me it's
1: thirteen years of being in the hobby and finally like oh yeah where'd that one come from and it'd be kind of nice I mean think about it my little tiny eel that's in my sun coral tank I collected on the collection trip in Galveston and I scooped him out of the ocean I brought him home I've had him for two and a half years I knew exactly where he's from and a flame angel came from the fish store you know you don't know where it came from but if you knew it came from the Solomon Islands and you knew that your powder blue tank came from Hawaii. I don't know. It just seems more interesting. It, it helps diversify when you look in your aquarium. You realize they're from different areas of the world. And it also, if you're really getting specific in how you want to set up your biotope, you can say, I will only put things from a certain region. Like this is the Palau tank. And these are the only things you can get in Palau. You know, I'm going to get these corals and these clams and these fish. And there's nothing else in there because I want it to be a regional biotope which i think is kind of cool to do as well
2: what about as far as um, knowing where the fish come from um, as far as like a responsible husbandry standpoint um, knowing what they're used to in the specific region that they come from uh, knowing you know a little bit more about that region and and how they're used to living i guess in the home that they came from
1: some of that's tricky too because i mean (laughs) all of our tanks usually tend to be three feet or shorter shallower And they come from 10 meters down, 20 meters, 30 meters down. And then the people that catch the fish have to acclimate them to a shallower water. You know, the water pressure is different. And we put them in our aquarium, so we really can't mimic that. We can't create a pressurized tank to make them feel like they're at 50 meters. You know, it's never going to happen. We're not necessarily going to get the food that they have. But knowing some of their history might help in avoiding um, unnecessary deaths.
2: And what about as far as being responsible uh, to the fact that um, maybe they're not farmed in that particular area in a in a manner that's that's respectful and respectable? Uh, what if they're you know captured with cyanide? Yeah. What if they're you know? Just... That's
1: that's a drawback definitely because the cyanide not only hurts the fish and often they die but even the corals in that area were murdered at the same time because they were trying to catch a few fish for us.
2: I think it would do us really well in the hobby to know a little bit more about the regions and practices that they use to farm uh, corals and to catch fish, you know, that we see in our fish store. We're like, oh, it's great. It's a yellow tang. It's a this, it's a that. It's a, you know, yellow chorus ras. It's beautiful. Uh, never mind how they got it. Yeah. Never mind that they probably made a tenth of a penny mm-hmm. just to catch that one fish, you know. I think it'd be really interesting um, to kind of expand on that and and go into that a little bit more and and make that a little bit more known.
1: And you know what? The more you delve into this hobby, the more you find out you don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm constantly learning all the time. We had John Coppolino out here a couple of months ago.
2: Well, with the fact that everything is constantly evolving, we're talking about living creatures here, so something is always changing. There's always new. There's always um, morphing. There's always, um, I guess for lack of a better term, an evolution in terms with these living creatures. So to say that we would actually catch up and know you know, that yeah. anybody would ever know anything uh, to me just seems like an impossibility. No,
1: what I was meaning was that the education about certain things becomes more and more dominant. You know, years ago, the big complaint was red planaria flatworms. What's <laughs> everything you read about? But you'd buy fish and put them in your tank and you wouldn't really think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many people I know that don't even quarantine their new arrivals. They just throw them in the tank and hope for the best. Right. And John was talking about Angelfish to our club in December. And he emphasized when you get a brand new fish, feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it while it's in quarantine, like three, four times a day. So I'm talking to Kevin about how I want to get Anthias. And he says, Mark, feed them 10 times a day in the beginning. He says, just go crazy and feed them because they're so hungry coming in. And he says, and of course, stay on top of that water quality in a quarantine tank. And that's what I'm going to do because I'm going to get a bunch more Antheists because I love their look. Right. And I want to put my reef and If he says feed them 10 times a day and he works at Live Aquaria, I'm going to go with his advice. I'm not going to do my He's one or two times a day. successful for a reef. And you can even, you know, get one of those mechanical timers and set it for every hour to drop in some gran- granules and let, hopefully they'll eat that food you know of course you have to see what they're going for but you do want to fatten them up so they well, are home all the
2: goddamn time so it's not like you just walk over there well and put you know food in the
1: tank. i know but i get distracted and working so hard on reef addicts and oh, all right. of a sudden my ranthias are dying
2: <laughs> what's with that did he ever talk to you about your decline like how they just kind of no he,
1: disappear out of your but tank? it was very nice to hear him say he read that whole thread he was completely aware of it. And he's like, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was posting it. I can't believe this. Because I always have great, you know, I mean, I've only had a couple of orders for them, but had great success the first time and was shocked at how badly that next one went. And, you know, they completely credited the the uh, order. So, because it was within their 15-day right, right. guideline anyway. But I was very pleased to talk to him in person. Matt was excited to talk to him about his fish um, wish list and what he wanted to do. Oh, and, yeah. How he wants to get them. Definitely. These guys. Um, I talked with Kevin even about possibly getting some images to be used on Reef Addicts for the pest section. Okay. Because he gets so much stuff in, he's always seeing stuff that we might not see. And I thought he might have some really cool pests that we can. It was really interesting share.
2: to watch him and, uh, or listen to rather, him and Jim Walters kind of discuss something like that when they were we were all together after Next Wave, they were kind of discussing what comes in shipments and have you had this and have you had that? Right. Well, from what region and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, just kind of discussing that back and forth. It's like, God, there's so much we don't know. Oh,
1: yeah. We are like, we're obvious. We're not in the industry.
2: Especially for responsible, you know, responsible um, people like Jim Walters and mm-hmm. Kevin Cohen who, who really uh, take husbandry to the next level for fish store owners. Or I guess, you know, for someone who runs something like Live Aquaria. Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting to kind of hear them talk a little bit about what they get in the bag.
1: Right. Yeah, I know all these little surprises that show up. I really did enjoy the conference because, you know, we did the little things. Like, we had name badges with lanyards for everyone. And uh, when we ran out of lanyards, we ran to the store and got some clips to get the last people's uh, name badges on. That also helps you keep track of who's in there and who doesn't belong. I mean, there's certain things you should do when you're playing the event, like security, make sure people aren't just wandering in, trying to get in for free. Right. You know? Um, The raffle went really well We Had huge good feedback about the raffle
2: We had so many raffle items The raffle literally took all day It was an all day event from, From about 10.30 or 11 All the way until the end of the event
1: now, were you part... I know Jim was like in charge of it, but Jim I saw was, you helping a lot.
2: Jim was completely in charge of the raffle. I just completely took direction. Okay. Tell me what you want me to do, and that's what I'll do.
1: Well, we had made it where you could buy your raffle tickets in advance, so we didn't have to worry about a lot of money transactions or credit cards, which was ideal, because a lot of people bought their entry and their raffle tickets online. Then they showed up. We gave them their name badge. We gave them their gift bag, and we gave them the raffle tickets. And if you wanted to buy more, and we had people pay cash up front. We had some one person use a credit card, but... You could then take your raffle tickets in half, and every item had a bin in front of it. So if you wanted to win the boosted RO unit, or you wanted to win the bucket of salt, or, or the aquarium, you it's would just say, like that's what raffle. I want to get. Yeah. right? But what happened was Jim started doing raffle items early in the day, and he would pull the tickets, and then I saw you making these posters, and you would write the ticket number and hang it on the wall, so if you were in a talk, you didn't have to miss the talk to see if you won. You could come out and claim your prize. And that worked out really well because then at the end of the day, I don't think the final raffle was 30 minutes. Because it was the big ticket items and they drew those tickets live. But everything else all day just, it just happened. You know, the tables cleared out quietly and it wasn't a big long wait and I like that. He
2: had it very, very well organized. Each of the bins for each of the raffle items uh, told... What that bin was for, what raffle item, what time it was going to get the ticket was going to get pulled for it, and how you're supposed to claim your prize. Like if the prize was actually there, you just took it home with you. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't there, and you had to have it mailed to you or shipped to you, or had to see someone for it, it gave instructions for all that. And all all the bins were labeled as such, so that you knew once you were dropping a ticket in what time that drawing was going to be for, mm-hmm. and how you're supposed to get your prize. So there were several tables, three, four, five tables full of all these different raffle items. And throughout the day, Jim had, had scheduled things to get raffled, at, I believe, at 11, 1.30, 3 o'clock, and then the main raffle at the end of the day, which was probably around 4.30. Yeah. And it went very smoothly. And he was the one who did the poster. The poster board thing was his idea. I just, I just helped him out on that. I I just (laughs) helped him. I followed instructions basically, and he had it very well organized.
1: Yeah, no, it went really well. And then he also, and then the vendor hall had maybe, I don't know, ten livestock vendors, and you know everyone had their different frags. You know, Robert from Fish Tomorrow was there. Frank from Frank Tanks was there. We had Reef Koi, and I can't think of them all. I hate to leave any out. But like
2: Deep Blue and. Um, reef pets, and yeah, reef, reef pets koi, Steel City, mm-hmm. um,
1: and they all had their little frags Kua. and they had their prices, yep. and you didn't have to sit there and wonder. And uh, some had these little like urine cups that put universe. your frag in, which was very convenient. Mm-hmm. And I, at the end of the day, I ran in there and was like, "What's left?" Because I had some cash in my hand, <laughs> and I ended up coming home with three clams and about fifteen frags. And I put them all in my quarantine tank and I knew it was gonna be iffy and it's my fault. I mean, if the vendor's like, you killed it. It's like, well, it's my fault. But after the event was over, which ended at maybe six, we got out of there about eight, we went to dinner. So I went, picked up the speakers at the hotel and left my frags at the front desk. I said, can you please keep this indoors with you and not on marble floor, put it on that carpet right there. And she says, that's fine. And she looked inside and said, what are they? And it was funny. And then we came back after eating, but they wanted to go to a bar. So I said, I need to leave them here some more. And then I finally get home. It's 3.30 in the morning. Those little guys have been in those cups for 12,
2: 13 hours. (laughs) Did I tell you that after we left the bar? I didn't tell you this part. After we left the bar, um, so you guys were still up there. Mm -hmm. And we left because I was just spent. I was so exhausted. Um, And we had to drop Wes back off at his truck his and, truck and he was still parked at the hotel mm-hmm. and i had to go to the bathroom really bad yeah. and so i had the hotel people let me in yeah
1: because you have to push a button right. you can't just walk in this hotel it's got security
2: <laughs> so they let, they let me in and i'm like okay how, am I, how how am i gonna ninja my way to the bathroom <laughs> so i said uh i'll be right back <laughs> so i went to the bathroom and when i came out i was like yeah i um uh, i need to call up to jim walter's room uh of course, he's not there. He's right. at the bar with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tried to crank call Jim Walters' room. What'd you tell him? <laughs> I, I was like, oh, he's not answering. I'll just call him on a cell phone. Bye. <laughs>
1: right. Oh, you could have just said, look, we're, we're hosting your speakers and we just need to I, didn't, I wasn't even going to go into it. You're so funny. Are you
2: kidding me? It was like one o'clock in the morning yeah. and you want my brain to work. Yeah, but, you no. only drank a little bit. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I saw your end of the table. I didn't see like a constant inflow of alcohol in that direction. Well, that's good. But no, okay. So that was pretty much it for next week. I can't really think of anything else that comes to mind. I do know that Treat. everyone wants a schedule. That was the one thing Absolutely. I saw. A lot of comes out like, where's the schedule? Where's the schedule? And it was in their gift bags. But I think a lot of people just grabbed their bag and didn't open it until mm-hmm. they got home. So they didn't know when things were. And that was something that they really want to be told or have a place to read it. So these are little areas that... It's those little things that will make your event good... Or bad. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of nail down those little things too and keep your speakers happy, keep your vendors happy, keep your audience happy, yeah, you've you got a perfect
2: event. you got to keep in mind who's really important and who you need to cater to. Uh, despite the work involved, uh, you really got to make sure the people who, who paid to be there and sell their product are happy. Yeah. Uh, if there's wireless internet, let them know. Yeah. If there's something for them to eat or drink, let them know or make arrangements uh, so that they have that there. Yeah. Of course, keep the speakers happy. Um, make sure and cater to them, uh, make sure they feel appreciated. And, of course, the people who are attending the, the event, the people who paid to be there, uh, the whole reason you're doing it in the first place, just make sure that, uh, that everything is easy and clear and, and you're very accommodating and helpful um, because then that's less questions you have to answer if you think about all that. Like you said, the schedules, Yeah. that was a really important thing. Um, uh, an easy, an easy uh, process for the raffle, um, when speakers are going on and things like that and how the raffle works um, maybe explaining all that on the forums ahead of time probably you yeah. know might help sometimes we, you year. have to
1: do things on the fly it's just, yeah, it's, it it's evolving while you're there it and happens. you just have to adapt. Don't get riled up. Don't sit there. While, it has to be this way. If there's a better system, no adapt.
2: Way. Somebody take it and run with it. Yeah. What are we going to do about this? I'm doing it this way. Hand it over to me. If anybody yeah. asks you questions, send them to me. We're done. Yeah, that's it.
1: I mean, like one of our speakers needed to get back to the hotel early and I just ended up being his driver the whole time. Yeah. Just taking him everywhere and it just was what he needed. And, you know, we couldn't just say, well, you have to stay here all day. You know, he needed to get back to this room and that's what we did. So yeah. you just adapt. So I would say overall we had a great event. I think it went really well. I don't have any uh, negative thoughts or any uh, reason to feel like, oh, we should have done this so much better. I think out of 100, I'd give it a 99 just because it went so well and I just have so little to be concerned about. And these little tiny things like hanging the schedule up or handing it to him instead of having the gift bag would have been a little bit better. But that was it, you know?
2: I kind of use my scale because I know how uh, much of a perfectionist I can be about little things like that. And um, for me, I don't, I don't like to fail at anything. Right. So the fact that I felt comfortable like the event was a success says a lot to me about yeah. how successful it really was because right. I'm very overcritical about how things are when it comes to something I'm involved with. Yeah. And I was very satisfied with the way that it came out. Yeah,
1: really no, I think it went great. So that's it. If you guys are trying to do an event, call Lindsay. No, no, I don't think so. So I wanted to talk about my of the week girlfriend thing that I had going last month. Nice. Facebook Girlfriend of the Week. You did know I had a girlfriend for a week, right?
2: Oh, That was Jessica, right?
1: Yes. That went great. That was epic. Okay, so.
2: (laughs) What was the purpose of this uh, Girlfriend of the Week thing? Just so I can sound
1: normal and not just be a fish geek all the time. I figured it would be nice to have a little bit, maybe a relationship in my
2: life for once. So you had fake girlfriend conversation, like girlfriend, boyfriend type conversation on Facebook or Not something? Not really.
1: She was all hooked on some other guy and wouldn't get off of that topic. So it just, oh. it didn't really go very well. So, um, tell you, Laura came to town to speak, um, uh, to represent Ice Cap for Next Wave. And I had her over for dinner last
2: night. She's really cool, by the way.
1: She walks into my house and she says, wow. She's looking around. She says, this isn't an of the week house. I'd, we, I'd want to be here longer.
2: <laughs> I was like, well, thank
1: you, I guess. But that was funny because, you know, she just brought that up out of the blue. Yeah, she's really cool. I cooked her dinner just because it was late. She uh, went to all the fish stores, you know, in, in the Dallas area. Then she'd drive all the way to Fort Worth where I am. It's just, I felt the restaurants wouldn't be open on a Tuesday night. So I went to the store and I bought three different things that I could quickly whip up and said, pick which one you like. And I opened up a bottle of Pinot Grigio that I brought home from Macna no, two years nice. ago. We just had a nice meal. It was fun to hang out and just talk about whatever and... But she's not my Facebook girlfriend of the week either, so I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm getting behind schedule already. Okay. You, on the other hand, 2010, your whole life is different. (laughs) The last time I recorded with you, let's see. You had a husband, you had a house, you had a car, you had a huge fish tank. Um, 2010, you are in an apartment with a Christmas tree behind you (laughs) in March. You have an itty bitty tank, you're looking for a new car you got a new man in your life i mean it's like holy crap you just when you change things you change oh and you're not even baking cakes anymore
2: nope
1: you have a new career too i mean it's unbelievable
2: yeah things are pretty different
1: that's really crazy which is why i had to get some reef addicts
2: because you know
1: because you're nuts because all addicts are crazy (laughs) and you are
2: queen of the crazies (laughs) that's bullshit you're king of the crazy b- that's why we get along so good that's ah,
1: so funny I was like wow she has changed everything okay so listen you had do this, it do it big you had this big tank
2: yeah. 210 gallons uh, functioning uh, including the sump it was 260 gallons of water okay. moving
1: and then you changed your entire life upside down and you are now with this I took pictures of your tank to put on the uh, show notes uh, this isn't very big
2: it's a 5.5 gallon ADA
1: wow so what was it like going from a big, enormous tank full of tangs <laughs> to this little tank with no tangs?
2: Okay, so I can give a little description about what I had. I had a 210 gallon. It was beautiful. Six feet long. Brought it home. Three 250 watt metal halides over it. Built my own stand for it. Had, of course, a custom melev sump underneath it. It was great. Had a beautiful uh, Euro Reef Skimmer. Uh, dart return pump. External. You know, dual overflow, the usual, pretty standard. Vortex pumps, vortex pumps, and, uh, and a bunch of tanks and a ton of tanks because I love <laughs> tanks. Gosh, from nazos to Flamingi sailfins to, sail to Yellow Tangs. Uh, um, gosh, everything. You had the puffer. Yeah, yeah. You know, the puffer was actually in the eighty gallon. It oh, made it I thought it made it the big one. I upgraded. I upgraded originally from an eighty gallon, or I guess I suppose a seventy nine gallon to this 210 gallon tank and working from home because I did cakes obviously I worked from home um, and I would take care of that tank every day it sat there right by my couch it was opposite of the TV so if you sat on the couch you could either turn to your right and look at the TV or turn to your left and look at the huge fish tank
1: and if you had Star Wars on you could watch the fish yep. watch Star Wars.
2: My fish loved watching Star Wars they could give it sh- less about anything else but if I put Star Wars on, <laughs> they liked Star Wars. They would all face the front of the tank and, and watch Star Wars, except for the little mini, He was kind of dumb.
1: I wish you took a picture of that. That was so great.
2: This okay, is, this so is totally true. Now Mark you're in this it. little
1: tiny one because you're in an IKEA sized apartment.
2: Yes, I am in a literally a one bedroom, maybe 650 square foot apartment now, as opposed to a 2,000 square foot home. Uh, I moved out, moved into a one bedroom apartment.
1: With an awesome swimming pool.
2: Yes, that has a badass swimming pool. You that should put, courtyard you should put is pictures incredible. of that in the show notes, too.
1: Yeah, I'll have to take one before I leave.
2: And uh, so I moved into this apartment, and I lived here for about a month before I got completely nuts. Not having any any moving water, not having <laughs> a reef in my in my apartment drove me nuts. So Mark offered to give me his old 29-gallon mm-hmm. and, and that setup, up. But I just didn't have the room. Yeah, not
1: yeah. with a Christmas tree in the way.
2: Yeah, especially not with a Christmas tree in the way. Why are you busting my balls about the Christmas because
1: tree? Because it is March 2nd.
2: It's March 3rd, actually. Is it? Yeah. Oh.
1: Oh, well, it was March 2nd when I went to sleep last (laughs) night. That's what it is.
2: I was you, like, actually, the third? you actually went to sleep <laughs> uh, before
1: midnight. I had to be here today. Oh, okay, right. And I had right, to right. drive, so gotcha. I had to get to sleep. Yeah. So I'm yeah, sure the, the, I'm sure the Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. I'm
2: sure the Christmas tree will be in the show notes also. Yeah, definitely. We're
1: gonna light that bad boy up too. I can't believe you <laughs> didn't turn off for the recording. I took all the
2: ornaments <laughs> off, apparently, except for one because I missed it because the kids pointed it out to me the other day that I did not <laughs> undress the tree properly.
1: Lindsay actually thought about putting it out on the balcony, and I told her she'd have nests full of birds in there if she did that. So.
2: I, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a fake tree by the way so it it's could be up a tree all year. obviously if, it was real, if you do clean I mean, it once it'll look like snow on it by it, the end of the year
2: if i if it was a real tree i would have thrown it off the balcony if it's, it's a fake tree so i have to put it in a box you know how hard it is to get a stupid christmas tree back in the box no neither do i because i haven't tried that's why it's still sitting here
1: <laughs> okay so you get this cute little tank on your countertop it's a rimless by ada
2: it's, I think, probably originally meant more for being a planted uh, freshwater tank. Mm. But I really like their style. I like the clean lines. I like that it was rimless. I like the size. Mm-hmm. And I wanted something that would fit on my countertop, uh, on my little bar area. Next to my sink, I'd have easy access for doing water changes and things like that.
1: Are you using tap water?
2: No. Oh, you I mean, water drain, changes. Water changes to drain the water. Oh, the you sink. just
1: tilt the tank over. No,
2: <laughs> oh, I, I use a power head and put right. it into the sink to drain it out.
1: Nice.
2: And so I figured it'd be low maintenance. It still gave me room, you know, to eat around and stuff like that. So I switched to to this little bitty tank. It's a lot different. It's actually a lot more difficult to take care of than my big tank. What's this little fish? Uh, I have some green striped gobies.
1: They're mm. really cute. Yeah. There's two or three?
2: Uh, there's two. There was three, but I think, you know. And a I sexy think, shrimp? I think the big guy... There's two sexy shrimp in there, actually. So I'll give you a list of kind of what's in the tank. Of course, yeah. some... Some live rock. Um, I have uh, some frog spawn, a bunch of zoos, mm-hmm. uh, some cloves.
1: I see a leather or two in
3: the back there.
2: Yeah, there's a, a couple of Fiji leathers. Yellow Fiji leathers. And uh, a nice lavender candy cane. Mm-hmm. And let's see what else we have. A little... You have a snail? A few pallies. I have a bunch of snails. I have several snails. (laughs) I see
1: one margarita snail in here. I don't even see a thermometer in this tank.
2: The thermometer is actually... I have a little um, AquaClear 30 pump on the back. And Mm -hmm. that's where I kind of keep all my uh, media to filter the water. I keep the thermometer in there. It's like one of those little digital ones.
1: You don't have a heater in here.
2: No, I don't. The the nice thing about this tank Mm -hmm. is that uh, I do not have to necessarily heat it or chill it it's wow. so small that it stays whatever temperature the the apartment's at if it's 72 in the apartment the tank's 72 if it's 79 like it was yesterday because it was really hot because i was doing laundry and dishes and cooking and using the oven so it got kind of toasty in here yeah. the tank will be 79 so Ooh. whatever the air whatever the air temperature is here that's also what the temperature of the tank is It's
1: pretty convenient yeah. what about this cool light that i'm looking at
2: so i started out having a cool little core life um What do you call it? Power Compact? Yeah, Power Compact light on top, um, which is still on there now. Um, And for Christmas, I got a really cool um, LED light that I wanted to try out. I went on um, Nano Reef forums and kind of looked at little examples of different types of LED lighting for Mm -hmm. tanks about my size. I found this one, um, and I decided to give it a try. It's really cool because it's just like a regular light bulb. You can use a regular light bulb fixture to screw it in. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has, I believe, three. got to look at it. No, it has five. It has five little LEDs uh, with 80-degree optics lenses. Um, I chose, I opted for three blue and two white because I wanted a little bit more blue in the tank as opposed to white. And uh, so I got that for Christmas, uh, got a little fixture at IKEA for 8 bucks, and put it over the tank.
1: Yeah, this is one of those uh, reticulating arms where you can actually adjust the light anywhere you want by swinging it forward. Gives you access to work on the tank and move it up higher or lower and point it at the one spot you want to light up.
2: And so I did that. What this thing cost? Uh, it was a hundred bucks
1: for the light.
2: For the light. Yeah, for the light. whole thing.
1: And then you bought the the arm at IKEA for five bucks or something. Eight bucks, yeah. Eight dollars. Yeah,
2: I know. I tried to pull that little hair out too. You know, <laughs> I was picking at it. Yeah. So it's really cool, and like I'm it. sure Mark will take a picture and put it I in the show notes.
1: I'm ready. I took pictures while you were making more coffee.
2: And so I put it over the tank and white and red kind of mixture of light over the rocks. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to deal with that. (laughs) But it kind of, you know, it kind of evened out. I moved a little powerhead around. And and so the surface agitation wasn't as bad and it looked great, but it just wasn't enough spread. I decided I probably needed two to really facilitate um, healthy corals in the tank. And so I I put the coral life light back on and Mm -hmm. now I simply use the the led light as almost a spotlight yeah that's what i was thinking i'll spotlight different things if i look like something maybe isn't getting a little uh, enough light i'll kind of shine it that way or if i want to show off the colors of something Mm -hmm. i'll kind of aim it there and i just kind of move it around to wherever i want it for my own pleasure you know um, i got some new zoos for my birthday and, and some pallies and so i'll point it that way when i want to kind of check those out and i have these beautiful um clove polyps they're like this really gorgeous deep lavender color yeah, it's I very interesting. <clears throat> I love them. I've wanted those for so long. and We finally found them at, at Frank's Tanks. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Matt got them for me because he knew how long I wanted those clove polyps. I wanted them so bad. <laughs> so those are kind of my pride and joy. That I really love my leather and I love my new zoos. I love all my zoos.
1: So when you get your next domicile,
2: mm-hmm.
1: do you, does the tank go to the next size up?
2: Well, because Matt, I'll, I don't know I don't know if anybody we're, talk, we're talking to, our target audience knows who he is. He's the person I'm seeing, obviously, and he's also the president of uh, DFW Mask, and he has a couple of tanks at his place, so anytime I, I want a little bit more room, or if I feel like something needs to be under better light, I'll just drop it in his tank, so mm-hmm. he's got something a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to probably have to see what I'm working with when I move into a bigger place.
1: Yeah.
2: And... Um, and if I have enough room, yeah, absolutely. Because that's all it takes for me. As long as I have the room for it, I'll put something bigger in.
1: Yeah, five and a half gallons. Well, that's tiny.
2: It is. It is. It's actually a lot harder to take care of than a oh, 210 for yes. sure.
1: it's very hard because your your water quality, phew, Yep. it changes on a dime. Mm-hmm. Temperature changes quickly. Salinity changes quickly. Absolutely. I don't see an auto top off.
2: Nope. Nope. I top off manually.
1: I don't see any of the stuff I use. Mm-mm. Nothing, Where's your there's, controller? <laughs> there's not room
2: for any of that. I literally have a hang-on back filter, the AquaClear 30. I put some regular, uh, you know, filter media in there, a sponge, some carbon, um, just something very simple, and I usually change that out every two months or so.
1: How often do you change the water?
2: Um, I do a water change maybe once a month. And how much? Uh, at least half. Hmm. So two and a half gallons.
1: Well, that leads into my little tip of the week. <laughs> If you're trying to mix up some salt water um, to add to your tank, like in this case, you have a very small tank. And let's say you have a five-gallon bucket and you only need two and a half gallons of salt water. If you're like me, you have a big heater that will stick out of the water and it'll catch, you know, it'll break, crack. There's a way to heat up that water safely with that heater. And what you do is you displace the water. So I just took some empty two-liter bottles, filled them with water, and just sank them in the bucket. Made the water in the bucket taller. I could submerge the heater and then warm it up very quickly.
2: Why wouldn't you just lay lay the heater flat on the bottom of the bucket? My heater was that long. Oh.
1: It was huge. (laughs) It was from the base of the oceanic bucket, which are six-gallon buckets. Right. The top of the heater was at the top of the bucket. Oh, wow. And I only need a little water for my quarantine tank because my quarantine tank, (laughs) it's three times the size of your little tank here, and I still didn't have enough water in there. And I thought, man, I need to heat this up. The water's cold. It's winter. I thought, how can I get this heater submerged so I can get this heated up really quickly so I can do this water change because I just got those new corals the next wave? Mm Mm-hmm. And I thought, two liter bottles, and I went to the garage, took a few, and filled them up with hot water, dropped them in there, and then I put the heater in there and turned it on, and it didn't crack, and I was able to heat up the little bit of water I needed. Then I took out everything, did my water change.
2: See, what I do, uh, in my case, because I I use very little water, is um, I'll mix it with a power head, and the power head actually provides enough heat in the water. I just Mm -hmm. snap the lid back on, and it kind of traps the heat in there that the power head gives off. That'll work. And it warms the water up that way for, for the very little amount that I that i use
1: don't negate my tip of the week that I'm was a sorry. good
0: one
2: <laughs> well you can just delete that part smart ass i would never delete anything you <laughs> have to say
1: are you kidding me so that was um my little solution and it was a very simple one it didn't cost anything and it made a piece of equipment work that otherwise would not have been a good nice idea. it would have just been an explosion do you miss your big tank
2: absolutely all the time yeah i actually sold the tank to a really good friend of mine and uh We got a big crew together. I posted on the forums on DFW Moss that I needed help moving a tank. And, of course, tons of people offered to come help. Um, My good friend Robert from Fish Tomorrow. Beautiful store, by the way, if you're ever in this area. You've got to go to that store. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. His SPS collection is just... It's just... To die for. It is. There's no words to describe it. It's great. Um, He brought a huge... um, Water container over, so we could pump a lot of the water out of the tank and and save a lot of that, so we wouldn't need a lot of new water. Uh, we we had to move the tank about a mile and a half uh, to my friend's house.
1: So much work, yeah.
2: It really was for that mile and a half. That's um, crazy, isn't it? We moved it, we got it there, and of course, you know, once you once you move a tank to someone else or you sell a tank to someone else, and you get to see it on a regular basis, it's almost a bittersweet. You miss your tank, but yeah. it's not your. It's almost not your tank anymore. And you'll see things kind of come and go. You'll see the additions that they make. Mm-hmm. You'll see the decline of things that you spent a lot of time cultivating. Good point. And so it was almost, uh, it's almost difficult sometimes to go there and to see it. I just have to kind of segregate it in my head as it's not my tank anymore. It's a different tank. They don't even have the same lighting over it anymore. Yeah. Um, what have... lighting are they using? Now they're using uh, like a combination of metal halides. And honestly, I think they're... They're just fluorescents. I don't really know. It looks... Oh, it's not in VHOs. Yeah, mm. I don't think so. It's really yellow. I I had the I used three twelve <laughs> k, uh, two hundred and fifty watt uh, reflex bulbs, mm-hmm. and so. The the tank had a really really good color, and now it's really yellow. Um, mm-hmm. All my fish are still alive. The ones that they kept. That's good. Um, and so it's good to see my my Vlamingi, even though he's dumb and doesn't remember me. Did they recognize me. you? Okay. No. Aw. No, not really. And she does really good feeding the fish, and she's very caring and things like that. But mm-hmm. all those little things in the tank that I remember, because basically what I did is I sold her the equipment, the tank, like every, all the all the dry goods, basically the tank, um, the sump, the stand, the skimmer, and the lighting. And I gave her everything inside. Yeah. I said, if you buy this stuff. You can have everything inside the tank for free because I don't want I, I don't feel Where are you like, gonna put it? <laughs> I don't feel good making you pay for it when I don't know if it's gonna live or not. Because yeah. that's totally about how she's gonna take care of it. True. So it was worth it for me mm. to to do it that way, thank God, because not everything made it and that was a really hard process for me to watch things decline slowly and not really be able to uh, be in control of it every day like I used to be.
1: Right, yeah. But I think in the interim, having this little one in your apartment is nice.
2: It is. It gives me, it, gives, it brings a lot of pleasure to me. I'll tell you that. It was very difficult to not have a reef tank. Uh, you might get out of it for a little bit for one reason or another, but especially for me, I just, it wasn't long before I decided that I needed to have, I needed to have that again. It brought me a certain sense of routine and peace and um, something that I could kind of used to focus on when I didn't really want to be focused on, on other things. Yeah. If I wanted to do a little research or I wanted to post pictures or take pictures or do a water change and kind of focus on little meticulous duties and details of the tank, it really, it's very therapeutic and I enjoy it a lot. Well, this tank
1: is pretty Zen too. You know, it's very calm. There's hardly any sound at all. I know you unplug that one pump, I'll record, but it's very quiet, and you have lots of little things, which is my favorite. I like to set up tanks like this if you're going to have lots of invertebrates, things that you normally can't see in a big reef, like Arlequin shrimp would be fun. Right. Or, you know, you got the sexy shrimp in your, which I think are adorable. And these tiny little fish I've never seen. You know, that's the only time I've seen them. I haven't even noticed them in a fish store. <laughs> and it's just a nice change of pace from the clownfish type thing. But if I ever just finally do it, because I've talked about it forever, I'd like to put an aquarium on my desk where I work. Yep. And I'd like to put a sump underneath, of course, because mm-hmm. I can't run a tank without a sump. Sorry. Right. And I'd just fill it up with like 50 clownfish. <laughs> and that would be it. And they'd be on my desk just going crazy. And I would love that. And it, it wouldn't take really much. I mean, it would need a skimmer, I guess, to keep the water clean and a heater. It doesn't even need a light. You know, I mean, they're clowns. you know. They,
2: it doesn't need any kind of special I could light, your, I use I could do your little
1: guy here. You know, that yeah. little light fish would be fine. I, it doesn't blind them. <laughs> LED lighting's pretty bright. But I just think that that would be fine. And it give me something. But then it's one more system in my house that has to be taken care of when I travel. Yep. I mean, when this podcast comes out, I'll have just gotten back from Atlanta, where I spoke to that club. And I'm going to the Georgia Aquarium as well. And that's going to be on Monday and Tuesday of next week. So awesome. the podcast comes out on Wednesday. And that traveling means my son has to take care of stuff while I'm gone. And having another tank. I mean, I can't get him to top off the quarantine tank. So when I leave town, everything in the quarantine tank has to be in my reef. that way. Because he'll just ignore it and the right. salinity will rise, just like salinity would rise in this little tank. Yep. I used to keep a small tank, three gallons on my counter in the kitchen, just like you're doing for my I remember horse. that little tank. Yeah. And if I didn't top off water twice a day, dro- you know rose because of so little water. And I had to float a frozen two-liter bottle in there to keep the temperature right because the light would warm up the water oh, too yeah. much. Oh,
2: yeah. Man, that's been a while.
1: Yeah. That tank, in the meantime, uh, morphed into my sun coral tank that I've had now for the last few years, where the eel lives that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So when Laura was over last night, I showed her the eel come out of the sand. Oh, did you? It's so tiny. Yeah, I showed her my eel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) See, one day she'll be my Facebook girlfriend of the week. (laughs) Why don't you ask her? Did you ask her if she'd be your Facebook girlfriend of the week? I
1: don't know. You know, we discussed it, but I don't think she committed to it, so I just didn't push
2: it. Why don't you just go out there and ask? Isn't that wasn't was that the whole thing for 2010? You're going to put yourself out there more. I made her dinner.
1: Maybe she'll hear this podcast and she'll call me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's not putting yourself out there in the way I was talking about. I don't like being pushy. Maybe it's not being pushy. Maybe it's just showing. I interest. want them
1: to like me for me.
2: You want them to come to you. That'd be great. No, that's not how it works, honey. I'm sorry.
1: I know you're right. Yeah. So
2: yeah, I'm waiting for her. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, pretty much anybody who wants to be his Facebook girlfriend call him.
1: Yeah. Girlfriend. Yes. I had a bunch of guys volunteer on Facebook. I'm like oh, I'm not ready for that yet. Not that desperate Yet <laughs> Not that desperate. Yet. Well, nice. I had one person say, hey, don't rule out love wherever it comes from. I was yep. Like, oh my god.
2: <laughs> when the lights are off and you're snuggling and you're spooning
1: sometimes. Wow. No. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> Sorry. So, okay. Well, listen. I love your little tank. I think it needs a few more things. I'd like something right here on this Tonga
2: branch. Well, that'd be Maybe great more if I could stop getting, you know, if that little red, like, net webbing of whatever. It's an algae. algae.
1: You need something in there to eat it. You know, that's what, Ber- what eats it Well, Eric Bornman talks about the way to cure algae in your tank is to have more cows. Right? So that makes sense. Snails. I don't know what
2: cow eats that algae.
1: Yeah, I would just keep putting snails in there because that's here's, the here's thing. Here's the
2: problem. If I keep putting snails in there, they keep flipping over, and then I have to keep using my little stick to flip them back over because they fall off the glass, and they really have like no way to turn themselves over. You're talking about the margarita snails? Well, these ones, too. These little, I don't know what they the called. That's the type
1: of astrea. It's an astrea in the wrong type of shell. I bought those before, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah if they get too far See, away. there's that one, um, too. That's a margarita, right. yeah. And Cerith snails.
2: And yeah, of course, you the... don't
1: have any hermits. And I think even like an emerald crab would help
2: mm.
1: pick that stuff off. But they can hurt a zoo sometimes. So it's kind of an iffy situation.
2: Like I said, I feel like they're very opportunistic. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't want anything picking on the stuff that I had.
1: Yeah, no, I understand. But it, I do think that something in there that can mow that down will help. That's one of those weird red turf algaes that's kind of hard to deal with. It, just, it, it seems to come and then it'll vanish for a year and then it comes back for a few months to bug you. Right. But if you don't have something nibbling on it, I mean, like I was saying, maybe putting that tiny sailfin tang in this tiny aquarium, it might nibble it all
2: off. How much is this tiny sailfin tang?
1: The price? Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: All right, we'll find I out. I mean, for could me. it be
1: thirty bucks? You know, it's one inch.
2: Find out for me, and I'll I'll do it.
1: I think it'd be cute in there, and you know, have not be haven't bigger, had a tang Can't be any while. bigger
2: than like a quarter, though.
1: I know I've seen little itty bitty ones. Right, They're just gets, absolutely adorable.
2: I'll email him or I'll text him and say, if he gets one, let me know. Yeah. And I'll go get it.
1: Yeah, I think that it would be a nice little addition. It would be a fish that's swimming out in the open where your little guys, they're, they're coming out, but they're not. Well, they're gobies. So even they kinda, a bar goby swimming so along just... the top would be fun, but they're jumpers. Mm-hmm. Sailfin <laughs> tangs aren't jumpers usually. I had so. a
2: firefish and he was clearly a something because he's not in there anymore. Yeah, he's a jumper. I never found him. Maybe he jumped into the sink, which is why it's really convenient. To be in the sink. <laughs> Turn on the disposal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Okay. So. I think that you made a good choice in getting a tank in your house. I can't imagine being tankless at all.
2: Me either. It was hard.
1: And uh, I'm happy things are looking up for you in 2010. (laughs) And uh, I'm glad you came on the show.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you'll have me back. Everybody will beg for me. Lindsay, Lindsay. No, not so much. And that's the end.
0: (laughs) So, guys, thanks for uh, calling in and giving us some Reef Addicts hotline material. Um, One of the funny things that happens is when you guys call in, it's through a Google Voice phone number. So we get a um, message with a transcription of whatever your voicemail is when you leave it. And some of these, we've realized that uh, Google Voice doesn't really do a good job with figuring out our... um, our Reef v- vernacular, so uh, <clears throat> I'm going to read the email that we received with the transcription, and then we're going to go ahead and play the uh, the message itself. Yeah, I came home the other night, and my wife and kids have gotten me at noon scanned in faceplate for a month, Xbox 360, but it's just as soon as it doesn't work anymore. Thanks to play it a lot. I got some angry letters from the neighbors, just wanted to know why the sidewalk in front of our houses, or now, bleached white, covers, and it details when I thought I was doing it later tonight. You know, water changes? (laughs) But I guess, I guess I lost respect. Wire is. I don't know if this is important or not, but my wife is speaking arsenal of the blow-up doll. (laughs) (laughs) I changes, make some changes. There is Sour Apple area code 40, and I'm going to put it right in front in the display tonight, so we're making changes. Goodbye.
1: Wow. (laughs) Okay, so when I saw this come in on my iPhone, because I'm constantly in contact with Reef Addicts and everything happening that has to do with the site, I read this and thought, what on earth was he talking about?
0: I have no idea. I mean, so far I see Xbox 360. I understand something about a a, a white sidewalk from water changes, um, and then there's something about a the wife speaking an arsenal of a blow up doll.
1: Yeah, apparently he's got a friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's, he's one of the few reefers that is able to keep his wife so i don't know why he has a blow-up doll
1: <laughs> and yet sour apples so we're gonna play this for you now
0: sour, no 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 there's sour apples area code 40
1: <laughs> well you know let's not be too specific we don't want to pigeonhole this guy before the recording plays so here you go guys this is the actual recording right off the wire
4: yeah uh i came home the other night and I thought my wife and kids had gotten me a new skin and faceplate for my Xbox 360, but it it's just dust, and it, it doesn't work anymore. I used to play that a lot. Um, I got some angry letters from the neighbors wanting to know why the sidewalk in front of our houses are now bleached white and covered in sand and seashells.
0: Well, I mean, I thought I was doing it late at night, you know, water changes,
4: but I guess... I guess I've lost respect to my neighbors. I don't know if this is important or not, but my wife speaking of her, she came home with a blow up doll. I don't I don't know if that means anything or not, but I'm gonna make some changes. Make some changes. There's a sour apple cereoptopora that I'm gonna put right in front in the display tank. So we're making changes. Goodbye.
3: So my girlfriend and I are having a little bit of wine one night and she's standing over next to my tank and we get into this argument on what I spend most of my time on, and she tells me, you know what? One of these days, you're going to have to choose between me or your stupid reef tank. And I replied to her, well, come on now. You know that reef tanks are replaceable. And so she turns, and I kid you not, dumps her glass of red wine into the tank.
1: Hey, Jess. Yeah. I got a hold of Kurt for the winner of the Digital Aquatics Controller.
0: Yay! How's he doing? Oh,
1: he's so excited. And I've got the recording right here of our conversation, so I'm going to play that for everyone to hear. You know, He's our big winner. He entered the blog contest. He wrote the winning entry that you people voted for. And we appreciate all the people who got involved in the voting process because we wanted you to choose. It wasn't going to be my choice or Jesse's choice or Ed's choice.
0: His name is, uh, his screen name is Landlord, right? That's
1: correct. I didn't even ask him if he runs a slum or what's going on with that. I don't know. (laughs) You know, he's got some really run-down, beat-up buildings, and he won't turn on the heat, and the water heater's broke, and the windows are cracked. (laughs) But I'm sure at some point we'll read a blog about how he treats his tenants since he's the landlord.
0: You know, I wonder if he means that his fish are his tenants.
1: Well, that wouldn't be different. The heater's cracked. The windows are broke. (laughs) But he's got a controller on there, so woohoo!
0: Well, congratulations, Kurt.
1: Yeah, and thank you, Digital Aquatics, for that wonderful donation.
0: Thank you, Digital Aquatics, for sponsoring that contest.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So, Kurt Schneider, congratulations. I just wanted to know
1: if you have
3: any people to thank now that you won this Oscar. I mean, controller. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'd definitely like to thank my wife. She is, again, she's my biggest supporter in this whole affair. I and mean, she puts up with my nonsense and all my tanks. Gosh, uh, of course, uh, Digital Aquatics gets a big thanks for, for sponsoring the show and, and all you guys at Reef Addicts, you know, putting together that site, getting it all up and running and uh, maintaining it. It's, it's got to be a chore, so I think a big thanks for you all as well. Oh, well, you know, you're very
1: welcome, and we're very glad that you were pleased to win it. One of the biggest things, of course, I want with
3: any contest is that the person that wins it is someone that wanted it. Most definitely. Um, I needed it. I, I have many things downstairs in my little breeding room that, that definitely were in need of uh, some kind of automatic system to, to go off and on. it. I wasn't cutting it. Getting up all hours of the night, doing things, it just got to be a chore. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I use a controller myself, not the one you won. You won the Reef Keeper Elite
1: Net, the best controller on the market from Digital Aquatics right now?
3: By far. Definitely. That's a heck of a grand prize. And Have you hooked it up? I've got a lot of the pieces hooked up to it right now. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm still trying to get a few more components. You know, it, it's a process. Everything's mounted. Things are plugged in, but I don't have it as advanced as I'd like it right now. Um, just trying to get things to go on and off at the right time. The temperature to get on and off at the right time. You know, juggling those with my life. It's just a process, but we're getting there. We're definitely getting
1: there. Well, you know what? As you have more time with it, and I'm sure that big, long review that Ken wrote for the site should help you along
3: as well because it's kind of like a real-life example of how it's set up. Most definitely. It's just you can do so much with it. Uh, You know, it's it's like where do you begin? I mean, until you actually get something as sophisticated as this, you just don't realize the possibilities that are at your hand. I mean – you know, and you'll get the whole thing hooked up, and then you're like, oh, well, check it out. I can do this. And it just – the whole process starts over again until you finally get satisfied. And I guess that's the beauty of it is there's so much you can do. And, and again, I, I'm just – I'm blown away. Absolutely yeah, you can tailor away. it to your system. You know, there's certain things that I like to do with my controller. One of them specifically is to be able to control the temperature.
1: So if the tank starts getting too hot, I have it turn off the lights.
3: Oh, most definitely. I mean, down this particular room has very little ventilation at all. And so heat has always been a big concern. I mean, I'm breeding fish, so I like my temperature up, but when my temperature gets up, you know, I don't have any controller, so it just goes up and up and up and up. And then the whole room smells like a warm fish room. So, I mean, again, this stuff, this stuff is fantastic. Well, I can um, tell you this. The controller cannot control smell. I'm sorry. No, it That's can't. coming and, and, out in the next upgrade. <laughs> yes, exactly. I want the smelling module next. <laughs> it'll be, I'm sure it will be the mermaid perfume smell that will be coming out soon by
1: digitalaquatics.com.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really am looking forward to getting the .NET feature working. Uh, i got to figure out how I can bounce the signal from my basement up to my computer and my hub, which is two floors up, but I don't think that will be much of a problem. And, uh, again, the ability to view this online is a godsend. I go on vacation twice a year, you know, for an extended period, and just having some sense of knowing what's going on, I don't know, there's there's a security level on that that you, you can't beat it even with a babysitter.
1: Oh, absolutely. With my own controller, what I do is
3: I call home if my tank is doing anything strange so my son can look into it. Yeah, exactly. And, again, I have a babysitter who – she's 19, and, again, feeding 13 tanks right now is daunting enough. And, you know, when she comes over, she says, oh, there's bubbles. And I'm in Captiva, Florida, going, oh, great, (laughs) there's bubbles. What does that mean? You know, now at least I'll have the ability to go in and say, okay, bubbles. We'll see. You know, look around, maybe, you know, diagnose the problem. I just – again, the security – if, if, if anybody's listening out there who doesn't have a controller, do, do yourself a favor. Save up some money and invest. You will be thankful you did. Yep, I agree. So listen, Kurt, I have bad news. Whatever our okay. next contest is, there's no way you can win it because you won this one. <laughs> okay, not a problem. You know, we can't have back-to-back winners. I'm sorry. I never win. The day I found out I did win, though, I did go out and buy a bunch of Powerball tickets, you know, hoping that my luck streak would, would continue on. But, you know, alas, it didn't, so... I'm gonna just relish in this win right now and, and I'm just I'm just happy I got to participate. Well there you go. I'm really glad that you, you won and thanks for coming
1: on our podcast for a few minutes and I hope to see lots of your activity on Reef Addict. You know, now you're kinda of like sold into, you know, permanent uh, you know you're you're stuck. You're a fixture now on the site.
3: I'm famous. It's, it's fantastic. I've arrived. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, Kurt. I hope you have a great day. Mark, I wish you and uh, your site all the best, and again, thanks to your little squad of helpers. I know they, behind the scenes, are doing a ton of work, and guys, just keep up the good stuff.
1: So listen, speaking of sponsoring and things like that, I want to mention that next month, April 10th and 11th, is going to be the MAX Conference, the Marine Aquarium Expo in Orange County, and we are going to have a booth set up there for Reef Addicts. (laughs) Shut up. So, what happens at Max every year? (laughs) What happens at Max doesn't stay at Max. It actually goes all over the place. But usually (laughs) there's, I don't know, I'd say a hundred vendors. I don't know. Jess, do you know how many on average are there? Does that sound about right?
0: I don't know, but yeah, that sounds about right.
1: I mean, the entire building is filled with vendors. And Kevin, who's in charge of it, and his wife... Uh, fly in some speakers. Six speakers. To talk on various topics. Oh, so this year it has six
0: speakers. Not bad. I believe so, if I'm not mistaken.
1: <laughs> I could be, and, but... Well, you know, I mean, in the past it's been four. If you got a couple more, that's nice. And the thing is, is that Max is all about the vendors, where Macna is all about the speakers. So I think that you, if you're in the general area and you want to come, it's all day... F- Uh, Saturday and all day Sunday.
0: You know, even if you're not in the general area, a lot of people are flying out for it. I know one of my friends is flying in from uh, Orlando. Mark, you're flying in from Dallas. I know there's... um, a Colorado Reef Club that flies in every year also from Colorado. Um, It's really great. The hotels are close by. They're not not super expensive, and it's a fun, fun two-day weekend. I know that I'm going to be getting a hotel up in uh, Orange County on Saturday night, so I don't have to drive back down to San Diego. It definitely is one of my funnest shows. I really like it. So if you guys are coming to Max, come see us at our
1: booth. You can meet me if you've never done that before. You can meet Jesse, who's our marketing director. You can meet Ed, who's our magic webmaster, always behind the scenes, never visible, and (laughs) only, you know, only demanded when, you know, things go wrong, of course.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be set up. We're going to be covering some of the event. You might... uh... You might be able to catch us and get us on, get yourself on video, or you know, be recorded onto a podcast. All you people that want to say hi to people out there in the world via the podcast, we're going to be doing all kinds of recording and fun stuff, and contests and games, and you know, just all kinds of hilarity that we can dream up for the next for those two days. So,
1: if you're wanting to get more information,
0: MarineAquariumExpo.com. dot <laughs> com.
1: Go to MarineAquariumExpo.com dot com, and you can find out. I believe the entry fee is twenty dollars which is very fair for two days of a trade show. And of course, outside the building, there are places to buy hot dogs and hamburgers and buy a beer or a Coke or whatever it is you'd like because it's the fairgrounds in Orange County. And you can hang out with all these different vendors and talk to them about their products. And a lot of stuff is for sale. Corals are for sale, of course. People get very excited about being able to run into people they've talked with online. I know in the past... I've run into tons and tons of people that were banned from Reef Central. I don't I don't know why they're all at Max, but that's where I found them in the past, so they might be there again this year. So if you're looking for your fellow banned friends, that would be the place, I would assume.
0: Mark, do you know that I think that's where I met you the first time, is that Max? That's right.
1: You had those awesome t-shirts from your San Diego club.
0: Yeah, San Diego Marine Aquarium Society was selling bright yellow t-shirts that year.
1: Because several clubs will set up booths to promote their club at the Max Conference. So, I mean, there's a lot going on. It's not just a trade show. And I bought a shirt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know you did. You bought a shirt and uh, my Skype information.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I bought your Skype information. That was goodness. Right there.
0: Hey, what can I say? You hit on me.
1: Well, you know, you were there and you were
0: breathing. Oh! (laughs) Again with the, I'm good enough because I'm there.
1: You're gosh. breathing, you're female, I mean, what other demands could a man possibly have?
0: Oh my gosh, you know, Mark?
1: I treat you so good, it's pathetic.
0: Really? Really, I think I, I, think I deserve a little bit better. Oh, and we need to touch on the girlfriend of the week, the Facebook girlfriend of the week thing. Yeah, let's talk about
1: how you killed that.
0: I did nothing of the sort.
1: <laughs> well, my version says that you ruined it.
0: Whatever, people. He was so not into me at all. He didn't do anything sweet or kind all week. He did freak me out a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
1: <laughs> how? Let's let's go into how I freaked you out. That's got to be uh, podcast worthy.
0: Cause. I don't know. I feel icky when you call me baby on my Facebook.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so when I actually did the right thing, it freaked you out. That's okay. I talked to another girl on Facebook, and she's like, he's freaking me out. He's too honest. I'm like, wow. Okay, so I should lie.
0: What? Who said you were too honest? Mazzy. What did she? What? What?
1: She told you, and you told me, and now you're playing it off like you don't know what we're talking about. I
0: have no idea what you're talking about. You're too honest?
1: You are so good. Man, (laughs) you're good. (laughs) I mean, I actually believe that you don't remember this. I
0: do not remember. Oh, Mark, okay, my memory is horrible. Why do you think I got into photography? Because I would go on whole vacations and not even remember things.
1: Oh, that's funny. Anyway, in the meantime, there hasn't been another one after Jessie because she scarred me for life.
0: Oh, whatever. Mark, I hope you know you're killing... Any chance of a romance (laughs) I have for the rest of my life. The world is hearing this.
1: Mission accomplished.
0: Oh my god.
1: (laughs) No, I was sitting there all nice and wonderful to her, and she's like, stop doing that. And then one of the things she committed to, and if you listen to the last podcast, I mean, this is recorded. No discussing other men, and yet that happened a lot.
0: No, it did not. Oh,
1: you're a liar. So of course I got insanely jealous and I beat her up and slammed her against the wall a few times. And um, whatever, there's no pictures. It was a of hard that, week.
0: It just so happens during that week I had a very difficult personal experience.
1: Yeah, just timing was everything.
0: Well, you know, peace, er, <laughs> Valentine's Day fell on that week, and Valentine's Day for me was was not a very fun day. So yeah,
1: I know we were supposed to have an amazing moment together.
0: Yeah, sure. You didn't even send me freaking flowers. You didn't even s-
1: You know what? I didn't send flowers to my mommy either, so get over it.
0: I'm sorry. Your last Facebook girlfriend of the week of the three hours got chocolate.
1: Yeah, she did. I was hoping to revive that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jessie, would you really like me sending you chocolates when you're over there trying to be really careful what you eat?
0: No, I don't want chocolates.
1: See? You just want some dead flowers.
0: I just, I don't care. I just want attention
1: can you say that again a little louder <laughs> I don't know if everyone in the back row heard you
0: <laughs> leave me alone we're getting off the topic now
1: oh my god so anyway you can, can you can actually participate in this wild love affair at max come to our booth and watch the sparks fly between the two of us it'll be awesome
0: <laughs> we are te- we're really not seeing each other people I'm completely single ask me out please
1: how dare you
0: how dare you in front of me I'm in
1: the room with you
0: you're not my boyfriend you can't tell people this is a love affair
1: wow okay so another woman stomps on my heart
0: you're awful
1: (laughs) thank you baby oh my
0: god ew ew alright so long till next time
1: <laughs> and good night happy reefing
0: <clears throat>
1: yeah clear your throat really really good take a sip of something <coughs> and start reading <coughs> and I'll edit out all this lovely coffee. or maybe I'll use this bloopers at the end
0: <laughs> 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 kidding telephone well that's good because you're adding all of this out anyway yeah well yeah i'm not taking the call um i don't care i just want attention i don't care i just want attention i don't don't care care. i just want want attention. attention
1: I look forward to the next. Oh my god, the next podcast comes out during Max. Isn't that when the date lands?
2: <laughs> Double check that date. I'm gonna get in trouble. My
1: He's gonna start a fight.